Would you please turn with me to Psalm 22 in your Bibles? Psalm number 22. It's a special day today as we observe the Lord's Supper, and so we've uh, cut a little bit of our early praise service short, and we're going to be adding some songs into the upcoming moments as we observe the Lord's Supper and as we're challenged from God's Word. There are a handful of times in most of our lives when we can genuinely say, my breath was taken away. I wonder if you have any vivid memories of a time when you had your breath taken away. I do. About 12 years ago, I can recall being on uh, vacation with my family, and as we were driving in South Dakota, we were driving just before sunset, and we crossed through some mountains, and we came to a place where something came into view, and I literally went, just like that. Maybe some of you might guess, if you're familiar with South Dakota, I saw Mount Rushmore there. We were on family vacation, and we were driving there to see it. But as I saw it with the sun shining on the faces of those four presidents, I was taken back. I I wasn't expecting at that moment to come across this thing that I had seen pictures of and that I knew was there, and yet it still took me back. It caused me to be in awe just for a short time. Is there a memorial that you have seen that you've just been so impressed with? You've seen it, and and you've just been maybe had your breath taken away. I think the Washington Monument in D.C. is something amazing for us to see. Some people in the past few years have gone and seen the September 11th memorial in New York City. And that's a very somber place to take to look at that memorial. Some have had the privilege to go to Hawaii and see the Pearl Harbor National Memorial. Some of these are made out of marble. Some of these are made out of steel. And when we think of someone with the creative mind to build a memorial, I'm taken back sometimes by what I see. I've seen at least two of these uh, that I've listed, and sometimes I just look at it and just wonder what kind of a person is able to think that up, the creativity and imagination that is there. And yet today in God's word, we're going to find that the most creative person that has ever been, and that is Jesus Christ, the God who made all things in its beauty, when he had to choose a memorial, he chose the feeblest elements that were around him. Not stone, not marble, but Jesus Christ took the bread and he took the wine And he turned those into a monument. And he would make that a monument for us today to look back at not some great event, not some great event in our history, but the bravest and most loving act that has ever been done on the face of the earth. And so today, a little bit of the past and the present and the future of the new covenant. We're going to be observing the Lord's Supper today, and if, you are, if you've been born again, we want to invite you to join in this time. This is a part of a worship service. It's a part of fellowship time that Jesus has told us to continue until he comes back for his church. That word born again means you've become a Christian. You've realized that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, 
realized that you were a sinner and you've asked him for forgiveness and made him your savior. So even if you're visiting today, we want you to be a part of this very special time. We're giving most of the service to this today. A study of the Lord's Supper should be a soul-stirring experience for the one who genuinely knows forgiveness. I had to pause just a few moments ago, and I prayed, and I asked God to help me to keep it together today. I think it was the first song we were singing, and I was choking up. And when we look at what God has given us in this experience, it should stir us. Because on the night before Jesus died, he met with his followers, and he took the age-old experience of celebrating the Passover, and he practiced that, and he changed it. He switched it up that night, and he made that into a time of worship and fellowship. Now, the Passover, we understand, was the most sacred feast of the Jewish religious year. This is important for us to know this, because how did we come up with this bread and this juice today? It commemorated the final plague on Egypt. If you're familiar with the stories of the Old Testament, you're very familiar with this. As God's people, the Hebrew children, were in captivity, and Moses went and was going to lead them out. He went to Pharaoh, let my people go, God has said. And as they went through all of this, there were 10 horrible plagues, and the last one was the worst. The last plague was when the destroying angel came through and would kill the firstborn of all the Egyptians, and he would spare those of the Israelites if it was conditional. Do you remember what they had to do? They had to take some blood and put it on the side post of the door and over the top of the door. And as they did that, when the destroying angel came through, he would see the blood and he would pass over that house, hence the name Passover. Jesus celebrated the Passover that night with his followers. That blood that they put on the doorpost and over the top, it came from a lamb that had been roasted, it had been eaten along with some unleavened bread. And then in Exodus chapter 12, there's a commandment that is given. In Exodus 12, it tells the Hebrews moving forward to always celebrate this night. My Savior, Jesus Christ, sat with his disciples 2,000 years ago. And they were not surprised at this. They were all Jews, all the disciples. They knew this was coming. They even asked him, where do you want us to go and prepare the Passover celebration? So they were all ready for this. But they were not ready for Jesus changing something. I think probably all of them knew what they were about to experience. And yet Jesus Christ During that time, he changes it from that old covenant because of who he was. Maybe some of you have asked the question, why don't we have a a sacrificial system anymore? When they celebrated the Passover, they would all, they, they would sacrifice a lamb for each of the groups that were joined together. We don't do that today. Why is it that we don't do that? Jesus Christ sat with them and something was going to change. That which had taken place for so long would be different because he was taking the place as the sacrificial lamb. And because of the lamb, 
not only can followers of God celebrate how he miraculously delivered them from slavery in Egypt, but you and I can celebrate that Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, conquered death for himself and for us. And Jesus Christ conquered sin. I don't know if I would have become a pastor if I had to sacrifice animals. I probably would not have done that. I don't think it would be near as enjoyable. But when we come to a time like this, the Lord has asked us to look back and remember his sacrifice. I think to people outside of Christianity, that might seem like a strange thing to request. I mean, if, if, if you and I were making it up, we would kind of forget about all the hard times probably, right? Jesus Christ says the most horrible event that ever took place in the history of the world, the creator of man being crucified by man, I want you to remember this until I come back. You and I today celebrate a different kind of lamb. I want for us to sing about that lamb. If you want to use your songbook, it's page 302. We'll have the words on the screen as well. But we'll sing just the first two verses of Lamb of God at this point. Your only son, no sin to mine, but you have sent him from your side to walk upon this guilty side and to become. Jesus Christ was a Jew. He's the only one that kept the entire Jewish law perfectly. He kept all the feast with his followers. And at this point, with his disciples, he takes a simple loaf of bread. They were ready for that. He gives thanks. They were ready for that. And it's at that point that Jesus Christ changes it for them, for the rest of their lives, and for you and for me. My favorite part of the scriptures to study is the life of Christ. I'm in the Gospels nearly every day, if not every day. As you study the life of Jesus, we find something that he said on a regular basis after he had performed a miracle, after he had done something great, someone was on the receiving end of that, and they wanted to go and shout from the rooftops, you've got to see this guy. This guy, this guy might be the Messiah, or he is the Messiah. And Jesus Christ had a line that he told people on a regular basis. 
that would keep them from going and doing that. It didn't always keep them from doing it, but Christ had something in mind. He would say something like this. He would say, finish it if you know how to finish this sentence. He would say, my time has not yet So when Christ walked in the world, there were all kinds of times when they wanted to rush him to the front and make him king. And constantly Jesus said, my time has not yet come. At this meal, Jesus knew his time had come. He understood and had memorized, I'm sure, Psalm 22, what David had said, a messianic psalm about Jesus Christ. And he knew that was about to take place. If you're there in Psalm 22, look at it starting in verse 14. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death, for dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. Jesus knows this. And at that point, he breaks the bread and he says something different. He says, this is my body that I'm giving to you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus Christ also knew what the prophet Isaiah said so many years earlier. We were reminded of it just a minute ago in our, in our praise time. Verse 5 of Isaiah 53 says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. And then Christ took the cup. They were not surprised by that. And then he said this about the cup. This cup is my blood. Remember me when you drink of it. And then the Bible says he concluded with a hymn. And then they went out to the Mount of Olives. And just as predicted, Jesus Christ was betrayed at the Mount of Olives. Judas told them who he was. Judas led them there so that he could be arrested. And as they went and did that, we understand that he was going to the cross But before he did that, he instituted this, a new covenant that is not just for the Jewish people, but is for all of the world. Everyone can and is commanded to participate in this. I'm going to ask the men that are serving if they would go ahead and come at this time. I'd like for all of us while they're coming to sing, My Jesus, I Love Thee, just the first two verses. Would you sing with me the song, My Jesus, I Love Thee? Jesus, I love thee. I know thou art mine. For thee, all of
I'm going to ask the men to go ahead and be seated. I'm going to read from Mark chapter 14, if you'd like to turn there. And we're going to back up a bit and just be reminded of some of the things that took place on this day. So I think we're starting in verse 12 of Mark 14. The Bible says, And on the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, Where will you have us go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him, and wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, The teacher says, Where is my guest room? where I may eat the Passover with my disciples. And he will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. There, prepare for us. And the disciples set out and went to the city and found it just as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover. And when it was evening, he came with the twelve. And as they were reclining at table, Jesus said, Truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me one who is eating with me. They began to be sorrowful and to say to him one after another, is it I? He said to them, it is one of the 12 who is dipping the bread in the dish with me. For the son of man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the son of man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. And as they were eating, he took the bread And after blessing it, he gave it to them and said, Take, this is my body. And he took the cup. And when he had given thanks to them, he said, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly, I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And so as we continue this command that Jesus gave and it's going to go on for quite some time. We'll talk about that in just a moment. We want to give you a chance to meditate. The way that we do this here at Calvary is our men will come through and they'll serve the bread. And we want you just to take that and wait with that and we'll partake of it together. But we want to give you a chance while there's some soft music playing for you to think about the sacrifice of Christ, what he did for you and for me. Men, would you please stand? Brad, would you be willing to ask the blessing on the bread? Heavenly Father, we deserve so much. um, uh, We've not earned what you've given us, Lord. We thank you for the sacrifice that you um, gave us on the cross. We thank you for your body. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.
we're familiar with these words, aren't we? How beautiful and how sweet and how special for us who know forgiveness. When the Lord broke the bread, he gave it out and said, do this in remembrance of me. like for us to sing together before we take the cup, the chorus, His Name is Wonderful. Would you sing with me? His name is wonderful. His name is wonderful. His name is wonderful. Jesus, my Lord. He is the mighty King. stand please Brian would you ask the blessing on the cup God we're uh, so grateful this morning that we can come to your table and partake of the cup Lord Lord we thank you for that cup that uh, it commemorates that you washed our sins away with uh, your blood Jesus and for that we are grateful Lord we just uh, ask for your blessing upon the cup now in Jesus name
the Bible tells us he did the same thing with the cup. He said, this cup is my blood, a new covenant. Drink this in remembrance of me. I'm not sure if you've thought about the variety of people that were there at that Passover meal, the differences in the disciples, their personalities, their occupations, their strengths and their weaknesses. I think it's a beautiful picture of what Jesus created for all of us because while you might be sitting near someone who you have a lot in common with, we're made up of a variety of people in this place. And yet this sacrifice was sufficient and perfect for every one of you exactly what God wanted to give. I'm going to ask the men to go ahead and return to their places, and we're going to just look just for a few more moments about this and then sing one more song. Jesus Christ told us to remember his sacrifice. He never wanted us to shy away from that. So we're not ashamed, but even up here, we could smile at this time because we know that it didn't end there. We were... Uh, look, uh, talking with a missionary recently that was presenting his ministry here to Calvary and he's going into an unreached group of people that know nothing about the Bible. And there is a big drama in this story where they're going to present all the story of the Bible and of the Messiah finally coming and then of the Messiah dying and they stop there. Now, probably most of us are familiar with Easter so we know there's a time where we celebrate where Christ came alive, but these people won't know that until the next time they come and they hear that presentation. You and I celebrate today because we celebrate his crucifixion and his sacrifice and his passion and his tears and his blood. I think we sang a little bit ago, wash me in that blood. Mark 14 goes on to say, And when evening had come, since it was the day of preparation, that is the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God, took courage, went to Pilate, and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate was surprised to hear that he should have already died. And summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he was already dead. And when he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the corpse to Joseph. And Joseph brought a linen shroud and taking him down, wrapped him in the linen shroud and laid him in a tomb that had been cut out of of the rock. And he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb... They saw a young man sitting at the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. Would you pray with me? 
O Heavenly Father, from before the foundations of the world, you knew that you would do this for us sinful man. We praise you for the beauty in your creation. We thank you for the beauty of your omnipotence and your omniscience. We thank you that you knew all things. You knew each of us by name before we were even born and even knew the moment, knew the time when we would realize that we needed a Savior. I thank you, God, that you know each person on this day that is celebrating with this new covenant in Jesus Christ. I praise you for your great love to give your Son. It would please the Father to bruise the Son. How hard that is for us to understand, but we benefit. We thank you for the love of Jesus Christ, the incredible, the incredible price that was paid. And we thank you for what he was willing to do, not his will, but thine be done. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, that he went to the cross. And we thank you that Christ left this world and is interceding for us right now at the right hand of you and that the Holy Spirit came. We praise you for Pentecost and we thank you that we are never alone. We do not have to travel to a place for a feast. We do not have to go to a building to worship you. But God, the Holy Spirit, present with all of us always. And we thank you for his wonderful love, how he knows us, prays on our behalf, guides us and teaches us. And we would ask, Father, that you would allow us to use the time we have here as stewards of just that time, energies, resources, doing whatever we can for something that will last for eternity. I praise you for grace on this day, giving us what we did not deserve. Help us to not allow that wonderful theme to grow faint. Help it to always be a song on our lips. Help ourselves to be reminded often of what you did for us and what we want to do for you because of that great love. We praise you for all of this, our Heavenly Father, and thank you for blessing us. We pray these things in your mighty Son's name, in Jesus' name.